it's it's just one of those things of it's like so all this stuff that's happened like she faked her death so her her very sad adopted daughter has gone through all this stuff and Moira's just like whatever not my problem yeah. <laughs> you know and everything. it's just it's fucking terrible um um let's start the anyway. show yeah let's get to it um all right yeah <clears throat> so hello and welcome to the watcher's guide to the marvel universe the show that for realsies is still going i'm max and it's all my fault <laughs> and i'm jr there's no fault it's just we've we've been off for a couple weeks uh yeah so how's the new house coming together uh she is a beast when it comes to getting shit unpacked every move we've done three now and each time it's kind of it's it's a double-edged sword like the thing i'm about to describe because on the one hand it's fantastic to have the house pretty much put together and almost no boxes in it inside a week like on the one hand that's fantastic and on the other hand it's stressful as hell because she's just like wandering or she will just wander around and be like i see more things i can do and i'm like it's 11 30 we're both yeah. kind of drunk let's go to bed right she's like but yeah. but uh okay um yeah. but yeah it's uh it's almost put together uh the internet situation is a bit weird so if we step on each other today uh apologies I we're not I, I can't see Jr. And that's fine. Uh, preferable maybe. You can't see what I'm doing right now. You <laughs> aren't wearing pants. Uh, just a guess, Max. Max, you've never. I don't worn... wear pants when we have the video chat on. Oh, well. All right, and yeah. So I don't think you introduced yourself. Oh, I did. Oh, yeah. I'm JR. Yep. I, and we remember how to do this. So. <laughs> I thought I did. I thought I said, I'm JR and there's no fault. But whatever. Oh, okay. Doesn't matter. Uh, uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, um, so, how's it going with you? Good. Uh, got to read Marvel 1000 and I'm happy about that. Yeah. Uh, starting a business, maybe? Mm-hmm. Uh... So, yeah. Cool. There's that. Um, so, woo. Woo. Uh, yeah. It's been, it's been, it's been fine. Like, you know, <laughs> just, uh, trying to, trying to figure it, like, it's been, it's been a weird couple of weeks that have been like, you know, uh, because, you know, A, we've been talking about getting the other show up off the ground. Right. And so that, like, I'm really excited for that, obviously. Right. Because, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been bugging the shit out of you about that. Right. Um, <laughs> well, but... you guys came up with the idea, or you all came up with the idea about the same time that I was like, okay, put all my shit in boxes and freak well, out. Yeah. And I was well, just like, I can't be a part of this mentally it, right now. 
in in my defense, it was because it was because of Comic Con. Like it it happened because oh, they announced yeah. the What If show, right? And then it kind of grew out of that. So, right. Um. But yeah, and uh, so be on the lookout if you haven't seen me tweeting about it or us talking about it on here. We have a new show starting that's going to be about the comic series What If. Uh, it's it's the two of us and Mickey, Lexa, who uh, we talked to. We actually talked to her back in, like, March. And uh, I have been... I have been really bad about the about those episodes because we had the we had the audio issues with Randy and yeah I am a, I am a shitty person uh in that I allow my anxiety to preclude me from reaching out to people that I haven't talked to uh, so I will literally like the longer I go without talking to someone, the more I'm just like, would it just be weird if I talk to him now? <laughs> and like, so I mean, if I brought what, it up now that it's 14 months later, that'd be nah, I guess they're just dead to me. Yeah. No, I mean, seriously, this is how most of my friendships end. <laughs> it's just literally like, I don't talk to someone for like three or four weeks because Something like stuff comes up and then I, every time I'm like, oh, I haven't talked to them. I, I should call them. Well, no, it's been way too long now. I'm, um, I'm doing something very, very similar at this exact moment. It's, yeah. It's yeah. So that's what happened with that one. And then the episode with Mickey. Uh, yeah, I just haven't. It's it's a long story, but whatever. The uh, the upshot is like editing the audio uh, was I've been having problems with carpal tunnel. Yeah. And uh, that one was a bit more intensive than usual uh, due to some audio issues. And uh, so it took fucking months for me to get it around and up. Uh, so, yeah, uh, whatever. It's up now. Uh, but go and listen to it. If you want to see kind of what what uh, our new show, How Marvelous, is going to be like. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're still, it's still kind of just, yeah. Uh, but it's going to be cool because we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about, you know, kind of what actually happened. And then we'll talk about what happened in the, in what if. And then we'll just kind of talk about what we thought of the issue itself. Yep. Uh, and it'll be awesome. And be on the lookout for that. Um, anyway, news. News. Uh, Clearly there so, was a lot. Um, some of it only deserves a cursory glance because, honestly, they're still figuring it out. So, yeah. Go um, for it. Sony and Disney. No Spider-Man, no Mo in the MCU. But, honestly... Like, but Disney, also maybe like they can still figure this out. Well, Disney, Disney is Disney at this point with the with their acquisition of Fox is the movie industry now. Let's be real. I mean, they they like they own 
25% of the stuff coming out. There is no reason they can't just walk in there and be like, here's how this is going to go. Or, you know, even, even if they, even if they don't want to be the aggressor there, they can literally just walk in and say, how much money is it going to take to make this happen? And like, there's really no, there's no reason they can't figure this out. Which is also why I was kind of confused that, so the okay so the story was that or the official line from both companies is that they were actually they came to lodger heads over whether or not kevin feige would be able to executive produce or something on the next spider-man movie and that was like the official line also so disney asked for 50 percent of the revenues blah 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 where had he'd been five before of the sony movies and Sony was like, uh, no. And that was that for right now. Mm-hmm. If there's blowback enough, I don't understand why at this point, and maybe it's just the benevolent person in me and not, I, I'm not a faceless corporation run by maniacs, but, um, because all companies that big are you though. Uh, well, they're very tiny maniacs. 10,000 maniacs. Oh. One listener got that joke. Um, <laughs> maybe not even that. But mm. they... I am not a... Yeah, but all companies that large are, are run by maniacs. And uh, why can't they just... Because if it were me, I'd be like, guys, uh, we're going to make a... We're going to make $5 billion next year off of half the other things that we're putting out do we really need more fucking spider-man money and sony would be like please don't crush us and then just all right five percent let's go uh it's fine go make the movie um yeah but no uh nope well it was fun while it lasted how about that yeah Anyway, uh, I you know it's one of those things. I like Tom Holland yeah. as Spider Man, and this this issue does not necessarily preclude more Tom Holland. So oh, absolutely, that's fine. Yeah, if they if they don't, then that's fine. Whatever. I I will still enjoy another Spider Man movie more than like another Venom. Still haven't seen Though, that. Though I will say, if the sequel has Woody Harrelson in his weird carrot top wig, I'm on board for that. <clears throat> but um, anyway, one thing I did forget to mention that I do want to touch on: uh, Brian Wood, who has worked on X Men over the years and stuff like that. Uh, there were some accusations of um, sexual impropriety involving him back in 2013 and now some new ones have come to light uh that is still sort of developing so kind of you know i don't know i don't know what is going to come of that but we shall see i did just want to mention it um and yeah um the next thing uh 
just to get the just to get the MCU type stuff out of the way. New shows: uh, She Hulk, Ms. Marvel, and Moon Knight. Um, you know, oh, cool. Man, I'm down for a fucking Moon Knight show. I, as long know, as it's fucking okay. So my favorite Moon Knight, because everybody's got their favorite Moon Knight, because right. Moon Knight is a lot of Moon Knight is a lot. Uh, and I think I've talked about it before, but have you read that Warren Ellis Moon Knight? Yeah. It's so fucking good. Yeah. Um, and that's where him and I think that's Shelby on that one too. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Shelby? I don't know. Declan. And that's where they met, I think. Declan Shelby, yeah. And I think that's where they first, I think they first corroborated on that, which means because of that book, I also got Injection, which is fucking Mm. awesome. Um, anyway, but yeah, if it's Warren Ellis Moon Knight, fuck yes. I, you know, he's got a secret project he's been talking about in the, in his newsletter. That would be, that would be insane. I would love that. that. That's true. I would be on board for that. Honestly, any, here's the, here's the thing. So first things first, She-Hulk, mm-hmm. uh, She-Hulk again like Moon Knight, there have been several different versions. Right. Uh, And depending on which version they do, I think it could be very interesting. Savage She-Hulk I'm not as into because that's just she... That's just Hulk with a vagina. Right. Um, And so... I'm not as into the idea of that. And and by that I mean like early-ish She-Hulk where it's just like, ah, I'm a woman Hulk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lady Hulk, Rawr. Uh, but like there have been some, there have been some runs of She-Hulk over the years that have been really interesting. I know a lot of the more recent Savage She-Hulk people are digging. I haven't re- had a chance to read that, so that's why I I clarified that I meant like early She-Hulk. Yeah. Um, if it were. The thing is, so the point at which I kind of became aware of She-Hulk was in the was in the period of time where it was sensational She-Hulk, mm-hmm. and it was during the time that it was doing a very meta commentary kind of thing. Um, it was sort of Deadpool for before Deadpool was Deadpool because at the time that. Um, that sensational She-Hulk was going. Deadpool was funny, but it wasn't as metatextual as it's become. Well, yeah. Um, whereas sensational She-Hulk had a lot of fourth wall breaking, a lot of commentary on the comics industry, a lot of stuff. There's an there's an issue where she goes to Arkham Asylum. Uh, stuff like that. Okay. So, that She-Hulk, I don't know if you'd be able to do that now, because people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about would be like, but it's just Deadpool. And it's like, well, no, Deadpool's She-Hulk. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. Um, what I would kind of like is like mid two thousand She-Hulk, where she's doing the superhero lawyer thing, and like, Aero Star Fox gets sued for sexual assault, 
and like you know those kinds of that semi-meta but still somewhat grounded but very funny she-hulk book that they did yeah i Um, that's kind of what i was hoping it was gonna be was uh god damn it first thing that popped in my head was sexy female lawyer (laughs) (laughs) uh what is that from Uh, i'll come up with it later um but the 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 doing the lawyering but also if i remember right that book had a lot of it wasn't like meta but like really good internal dialogue stuff where Mm -hmm. she would she's like working out what's going on in the it wasn't thought bubbles it was like narration and i that would be cool um yeah yeah, i'm in for that okay so after she hulk uh ms marvel which the stuff of ms marvel i've really liked um there's a so with people my age there's a lot of stuff about ms marvel that annoys them uh and i get that but i also view that as sort of she's a fucking teenager like yeah she's kind of annoying because teenagers are either annoying or shitty like that's how that's how it goes like yeah um you know teenagers teenagers fangirl out over stuff uh and they they you know a lot of a lot of the pop culture references are very like you know star versus the forces of evil versus something someone my age would be well i like star versus the forces of evil but you get you get my like it's it's teenage pop culture references and so i get how that turns people off but also you're stupid it's not for you uh so yeah the character stuff i i really like in in uh in ms marvel so yeah i'm i'm on board for a ms marvel show um well i mean i I was thinking like stop yelling at clouds go ahead well yeah well i mean that's not you but like anybody who's just upset like i don't like it because she makes references that i don't understand it's like well fine yeah I don't know why you're being so goddamn loud about it, but like, fine. Moving on. Is you know, it's it's one of those things of, you know, if if uh, if a comic fan isn't loudly complaining about something, check their pulse. <laughs> um, but the uh, yeah, so I'm on board for a Ms. Marvel. Um, yeah, totally. Um, Moon Knight, Moon Knight is one of those, I think, again, it depends, I think it could be a very different show depending on what era you're drawing from. Yeah. Um, I, you know, because it's like, there's, there's so many different changes that the character has gone through, but I feel like any version of Moon Knight you go with, there's probably something worthwhile. Because even if you just go straight hobo Batman, 
like that's fine because he's he's got the multiple personalities and all that shit and yeah. he's got like the the angry Egyptian god thing going on and like all that stuff so I'm on board for that yeah. I think uh, the one thing I was thinking about with Moon Knight was you have to tread lightly um, because or the one thing that I think they would have to tread lightly about is the depiction of damaged mental health <laughs> like there is yeah. going to be a little bit of that but also a little bit of hey man just you know but go nuts with everything else i think well but that's let, why i'm thinking be, angry egyptian god that's fine let's let's be real i mean when has when have comic book movies or tv shows ever tread lightly when it comes to the subject of mental health I mean, uh, not, Punisher's not, about as good as you're gonna get, and woof. I'm not saying <laughs> they shouldn't. I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm just saying, like, maybe they will. if they if they were to start to, it, I would I would be utterly confused. <laughs> like, I would <laughs> wait you a know, minute because what is happening? Am I dead? <laughs> you know, because like, I think I think that Marvel and Marvel especially has done a very good job of exploring PTSD mm-hmm. um, between Thor in Endgame and uh, Punisher and uh, Jessica Jones, stuff like that. Right. So I think they've got the PTSD side of things covered, but when it comes to literally any other kind of mental health issues, I'm I'm really... Well, then I don't know like, how that's going to go. Schizophrenia and and or multi, multiple personality kind of things are so nebulous to begin with that there's the popular conception of what they are and the truth. And right. where do you... You have the opportunity with this kind of thing to like uh, walk the popular conception closer to the truth. But if you stray... Right. If, but if you go, if you go too far then i don't know you lose some of your shorthand too which like that's disappointing that i came up with that in and of itself but all right let's i'm gonna take my i think i'm gonna need to take my foot out of my mouth and then uh let's uh move on (laughs) all right uh art spiegelman was had apparently done something for marvel 1000 they've released it elsewhere uh, and I have not re- had a chance to read it yet, um, but apparently he was cut. His story was cut from Marvel One Thousand because he referred to Donald Trump as the Orange Skull. Um, That's that is delectable. Which I want to if, eat it. <laughs> if you out there have not checked out, there is a, there is a Twitter account. I think it's President Supervillain. Is that right? Uh um, basically the the point of this uh, of this uh, <clears throat> Twitter account is they take uh, yeah, it's it's President Supervillain. This person takes actual Trump quotes and photoshops them into panels of the Red Skull. Oh, I have seen that. 
And uh, it is it. I'm sorry. It, a lot of it really fucking works. Um. So, I don't think Spiegelman is far off in calling him that. Now, whether or not Marvel wanted to get super political with Marvel 1000 is a separate issue. But whatever. Like props to Spiegelman for for that. I guess. Uh, yep. Yeah. What? I said, yep. Yeah. Uh, so lastly, in terms of news, we have what's uh, what's been called the Sien Kong War. Um, <clears throat> so, Mark Wade and... Uh, God, who is the artist on this? We, we talked about this. Uh, the... The thing about it is, so there's a there's a mini series going on, um, wherein they are doing like the definitive history of the Marvel universe. Okay, and uh, this is written by Michael Sullivan and Mark Wade and penciled by Javier Rodriguez. Um, the thing about it is, so a lot a lot of characters in the Marvel Universe have their origins in um, specific points in history. Um, Cap, obviously World War II, but he's frozen, so that's not a big deal. You can just keep moving up when he was thawed out. But other characters, like Frank Castle, for example, right. like uh, Iron Man, Rhodey, like Iron Man, like, you know, like Reed Richards and Ben Grimm are all veterans and are all tied to the the Vietnam era. Okay? I mean, so, it's, it's definitely been nice of America to continue having wars for the last 50 years. Yeah, it's been... I mean, like, it's honestly, been... <laughs> when you when you count the the hundreds of thousands of war dead... I think that's I think that's a small price to pay for being able to move up the Punisher's origin. Um, uh. The uh, <laughs> the the thing about it is, so what what the history of the Marvel Universe has done has introduced a thing called the Sea and Kong War, which is a a conflict that is perpetually 15 years ago in terms of Marvel continuity. Oh. Um, that all of the, all of the Vietnam era characters whose, whose origins and histories, Flash Thompson, for yeah. example, uh, whose origins and histories are tied to that specific era are now veterans of the Sien Kong War. Um, okay. I I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I haven't really... I haven't really decided. Um, because I feel like... It is an interesting solution to the problem. It is an interesting solution to the problem. I will grant you that. I don't know how I feel ab 
about um because having these characters tied to Vietnam um or to a real conflict the Persian Gulf in some cases and yada 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 right um but having them tied to real conflicts is kind of a double-edged sword. On the one hand, it's good because it provides necessary context. Uh-huh. Um, in that if you say someone is a Vietnam veteran, that carries with it an inherent context. Yeah. Okay? Right. Um, mo- most people who know what Vietnam is know kind of how where that exists in the cultural zeitgeist and what effect that had on the people who fought in it and what effect that had on the people at home and what effect that had on the culture right um removing that context i i don't know i i don't know so it's it's something that has to be done i guess but by the same token um I really don't I really don't know how to feel about it. I don't hmm. Now this is the first time I'm hearing of it, so um I think that's all I got really is like that well that's an interesting solution to the problem, but at the same yeah. time there's definitely something more complex going on there and I'm going to I would have to give it some give it some think space so yeah uh should we talk about comics at all this first hour nah nah i How mean you? tell, tell me tell me, what, tell me what's in your head but no. <laughs> what's my head is i don't know uh what's my head is iron man actually just most of this week oh boy yeah yeah Ugh. But especially, like, there were some high and low points in the rest of the stuff, but Iron Man this week hurts us. Uh, so Iron Man number 82 is written by Len Wein, uh, penciled by Herb Trimpey, inked by Jack Abel and Marie Severin, colored by Glynis Wein, and uh, lettered by John Costanza. I do want to say... Uh, it's really interesting that we're talking about uh, nose on the face mask era Iron Man this week because literally uh, five days ago, Kurt Busick tweeted a th- story regarding Iron Man's nose. Um, oh, really? And it's really it's really interesting because the story. As he's heard it, and he would be he would be much more in a position to know than a lot of people. Like Kurt Busiek knows a lot of people and knows his shit. So, right. I mean, I'm inclined to say this is probably the most truthful account of it. So, uh, when Stanley, this is a, this is I am reading directly from what Kurt Busiek tweeted. When Stan was publisher and editor emeritus, he didn't look at all the books. He just went over them from time to time. At one point, he was complaining about some Iron Man art by a relatively new artist. 
Starlin, Russell, someone like that, indicating a panel in which Iron Man was drawn in profile or three-fourths profile, and his eyes were too close to the surface of the mask for there to be any room for a nose underneath the mask. Where's his nose? Stan asked. The editors he was talking to did not take this to mean the eye shouldn't be drawn that far forward, but Iron Man should have a nose. So they gave him a nose. Uh, Sometime later, Stan looked at a bunch of comics and asked, Why the hell does Iron Man have a nose? It looks stupid. So they got rid of the nose. One of Bill Mantlo's first jobs in Marvel production was whiting out all of the Iron Man noses in an issue of, uh, of Avengers that had to go off to the engraver that day. And that's the story of Iron Man's nose. It was the result of a misunderstood criticism from Stan. For whatever it's worth, he had the nose when I started reading, so it looked normal to me. I don't mind him without it, but I always thought the faceplate was a little more expressive with it. Where's his nose? Uh, so that is, I just thought that was interesting. But anyway, um, this issue, these issues, man, these fucking issues. Um, All right. So we start out here with him. We start in media fight, uh, and in fight res, and he is beating up on some goons that have... Uh, some mooks that have no goon that has uh, broken so, it. Here, here's my question: Is it one of those situations where a goon is inherently a mook, but not every mook is necessarily a goon? Yes. All right. I think so. It might All be right. the other way around. Uh, but he, so he's fighting these guys that have uh, broke into SI or Stark Industries, and is like. They're trying to steal some plans, and they have the dumbest getup. So, as they're fighting, one of them is like, oh, he can't, uh, he can't evade, or all the bullets we're shooting at him keep bouncing off, but he can't evade this nerve gas, so they release some nerve gas, and then pull these, like, flight mask kind of apparatus off their, uh, down onto their face, but... The hose for the flight mask goes from their nose area over their head to the tank of presumably oxygen, which is, Mm -hmm. that's a bad, that's bad design. That's going to get in your eyes. It's just, it's stupid looking. Whatever. Uh, Iron Man puts down... You know, he's got the plexiglass in his eye eye slots and mouth slots, so he does not care. Uh, and, you know, hands them their ass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep, go ahead. Uh, um, the, uh... He goes to his office. Uh, Peppy... Uh, Pepper. I guess their couple name would be Peppy? Yep. Um, Peppy is there. Uh... And, uh, he, he does a little, like, light CEOing, um, (laughs) but then he runs, he runs into an old professor of his named Abraham Klein, and Klein's just like, well, you know, things aren't going too well for me, they let me go to college, and blah, 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 and he's like, well, then 
you have to come work here. And I'm not really sure what the point of this is because thus far there's not been any sort of payoff. Yeah, we um, get we get five issues after this, and I don't know that he's mentioned but once again. They don't. They he doesn't even run into Klein. It's yeah. not like oh hey, there's my old professor I hired. Anyway, um, whatever, it's fine. I'm sure there's a point to this. Um, but then. Pepper and Happy come up and they're just like, hey, you're hosting an Iron Man Foundation thing tonight. So Tony goes as Tony. Happy goes as Iron Man. Um, Even though he had sworn on his life he would never do this again. Yeah. And we're doing this again. Like, I put put Pepper in it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they go. Yeah. He, Roxy's there, and she's like, "Is that Roxy?" Yeah. Yeah. And she's not pissed at him yet uh, because she came all the way from California, I believe, uh, via his private jet to come to this party. Right. He gives her the rundown of like what happened to her brother. Uh, her brother's still her one brother is still alive. The other brother is continuing to be firebrand so she's essentially she's happy that the one brother is alive but kind of a fugitive in cambodia uh but she's un you know still unhappy with the firebrand brother uh it's all good and he she's he's the guy like in cambodia wasn't her brother though it wasn't it was the brother of the other dude the because the dude in you talking about the one-armed soldier dude yeah or? that guy was uh he was black dude yeah he was and he was... Uh, he was the brother of the... Freddie uh, March. Yeah. Yeah. She was involved in all that, but yeah. No, he was simply telling her about Firebrand. Right. And being like, he's alive, but he's still doing the Firebrand thing. And she's like, well, that's that's all I need to know. Like, yeah. I can't control what he does, but... I'm, At least I'm, he's alive. As his sister, I'm happy he's alive. Right. <clears throat> um, and then he's like, well, I gotta go do party things but you know don't be a stranger she's like i won't oh no wait she gives him she gives him shit about the warmongering again uh, yeah which get over it uh (laughs) but then they're interrupted by uh michael o'brien who was who is the brother of the irish stereotype that worked for stark uh who Put on the guardsman armor, went nuts, and then died. And he blames Tony for his brother's death. He thinks it was murder and that it was covered up. And the the thing that frustrates me, the thing that frustrates me is at one point they refer to his accusations as misguided. Um, which... We, as ostensibly objective observers, know that he's misguided because we know what happened to O'Brien. Yes. Calling this guy misguided is unfair because... He's only operating on the information that he has in front of him. He's operating on the information he has. And let's be real. Like... There are a lot of wealthy people, you know, wealthy people escaping 
judgment for their actions is not a new thing. That's been going on for a long fucking time. Yeah. So his his belief that Tony Stark used his money to cover up what happened to his brother isn't necessarily misguided. He's wrong, but it's not like that's not a thing that doesn't happen all the goddamn time. Right. And so, like, yeah, it frustrates me, but whatever. He's like, oh, Faith and Bogora, I'm gonna <laughs> get this guy. Um, but anyway. Uh, yes, and he's just as bad as Kevin, as far is, as yeah, the accent. Yeah, it's it's like, if you if you ever see a movie... A current movie that's doing a spoof of the Irish cop, and they're like over the top Irish. Uh, that's th- and that's why I did the obligatory. Like he is, he's a fucking stereotype. He's just like, oh bless me, you know. It's just like, no, dude, no. Just it's okay to just have an accent. It's fine. Like if you tell me he's Irish, I will believe you. Right. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, this is one thing I really hate about comics sometimes is the fact that a person can't just be the thing that they are. They have to, It. it's like if you, uh, if a person is Irish, it can't just be implied that there's an accent. It's got to be, sure, and you don't believe that. <laughs> and it's just like, oh. No, you know, they do gosh. actually knock that shit off. Even in this era with Banshee. Like, it yeah. started out so bad. But, like, in the last... In X-Men 2... Or, no, that would have been 67. The one after Giant Size. Uh, oh, God, what was that? 65 and 66. Right? Anyway, in those issues... Yeah, Okay, 94 and 95? Yes. In those issues when he's in, when he's on page, you're like, no, he's just he's just a dude. Right. And it, it it's fine. Anyway, when Claremont when Claremont gets hold of him, he does become much more Irish again. Uh So Iron that's Man what Claremont does. <laughs> um, Iron Man's party is beset by uh apes. Apes. And we all know where this is going nearly immediately, and we're all very unhappy. Uh, so they grab Tony, and they take him to the roof, and Happy's kind of scared shitless because Apes just stole his best friend at Boss, and also he's in the Iron Man suit and doesn't want to do this. Um, but the rest of the people at the party are like, holy shit, Iron Man, terrible bodyguarding you're doing there. And he's like, ah, crap. And he jumps out the window after them. They hand him his ass. Uh, one of the apes can, like, control magnetism. The other mm-hmm. one shapeshifts into various flora and fauna. And the third is just, you know, real Super goddamn strong. strong. Uh, and they end up knocking him off the roof of this, I'm going to go, 24-story building. Mm-hmm. Um, he falls the whole way down and just crashes directly into the pavement blacks out uh pepper i actually really like this beat with pepper who's like what's what's going on what the hell happened and they're like 
the apes took Tony and Iron Man got his ass kicked and thrown to the bottom of the building and she's like I, I can't cry the way that I want to like mm-hmm. she's really at first or in, at first she's like oh shit Tony in the suit but right. oh god that isn't Tony in the suit that's my husband oh Jesus like yeah. it's it's a nice beat um Tony gets taken by the apes. Yeah. Boo. Wakes up in a glowing green room, because of course, and is confronted by his captor, and oh no, it's not you, that's impossible, it's the it's the red ghost. Yeah. Yep. I don't know how he didn't like come to an oh shit, it's the red ghost. Oh, and he's a real ghost now. Ooh. Ooh. Um, Didn't yeah. we just do this in Spider-Man? Yeah, we did. Yeah. With, with Hammerhead. Uh, yeah. With Hammerhead. Uh, the, he, here's the thing. Um, superpowers aside, um, I'm, so I'm going to get, I'm going to get real Darwinian here. Um... <laughs> The it should not be that big a deal to beat the super apes. They have superpowers, yes, but they are still animals. Um, even if they're hyper intelligent for apes, <laughs> that's still like all right. Like, so you're, you're a middle schooler. Like I could beat a middle schooler. Right. Uh, (laughs) but I have, no, (laughs) um, I am swimming in lunch money. Uh, uh, no, the, the thing about it is, I don't know, whatever, but like the, the fact that, uh, yeah, but also they should do some, I hate I hate Iron Man uh, in this... This week. Just in in general right now. Um, I mean, he's no Daredevil. The, uh, the... The thing that bothers me is... Tony Stark has to have superpowers. He has to. Like, he has to have powers. That's all there is to it. Because... If one of two things has to happen here, okay? Um, Either Tony Stark has developed a way to prevent concussions and other uh, basic injuries resulting from abrupt stops, um, in which case, why hasn't he... I mean, shit, the NFL, the NFL alone would pay ridiculous amounts of money to him to to use that shit. Um, because then it would just be like, yay, football, and we don't have to worry about CTE, everybody. Um, but so either his, his armor is a... It... It frustrates me because it obviously, it claims to grant enhanced durability, 
but what he has literally done is found a way to cancel out the effects of gravity on the body. Inertia. <laughs> right. To to go from several G's to a sudden stop to be able to survive the punches of dudes that are way stronger than him. Like, you know, his brain should be getting bounced around in there. His body should be a paste half the time. And yet it's not. And this is, this is technology. He could save so many more lives than he does. He doesn't even have to give away the Iron Man armor, but just the technology that prevents those things could fundamentally change the game. Okay? Uh, or... Yeah, I've been listening to The Expanse. Never mind. That's a spoiler. Go ahead. <laughs> or, he has powers. And I say, it's probably the latter, because every time somebody else puts the Iron Man armor on, shit like this happens, and it fucks them up. That's true. Um. So, the... So, either... Former professional boxer Happy Hogan is made of tissue paper. Now, admittedly, he's a former boxer, so, you know, maybe a concussion has more effect on him than somebody else. But still, like, Happy, in order to, in order for Tony Stark to be able to wear the Iron Man armor and survive the things he survives, and yet this happens to Happy, Happy has to be Mr. Glass. That's all there is to it. There is no functional way that a reasonably in-shape human being without a brittle bone disease could get into the Iron Man armor if it actually protected Tony from all this shit and get this fucked up. But whatever. Um, that's my that's my rant. Whatever. I just in general, Iron Man sometimes just really fucking. Uh, anyway agreed let's uh, take a break yeah and then do we'll that. come back and bitch some more about iron man hooray yay i went upstairs and stairs and pissed and then uh, uh, cruised in to the kitchen and ate a handful of croutons. I love doing that, but it cuts the shit out of my gums. Oh yeah. Uh, they're delicious and I love them, but they hurt me. Yes. <laughs> like most things. Yeah. But anyway. All right, we're On back. That mildly abusive sounding note. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're back. Um, so Iron Man number three, nearly said thirty. Uh, no, no. <laughs> number eighty-three is uh, inked by Marie Severn. Happy finally comes to uh, on the ground with Pepper standing over him. Uh, and there's some medics. Happy's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm I'm okay. And uh, O'Brien comes up and he's just like, I will 
I be wanting to talk to you, boy And like, oh, God, fucking... Ugh. Uh, so... Happy makes a big show of, like, being able to stand up and being like, get the hell out of here and go find Tony. That's what I intend to do. And right. he's like, fine, I'll do it. And then he immediately tries to pass out again. Happy. Yeah. Um, and they're like, let's get you... Pepper's like, this is dumb and bullshit. Let's get you out of that and to a hospital now. Yeah. Which is the right move. Meanwhile, in a sub at the bottom of the man or the bottom of the Atlantic somewhere. Or no, the Long Island Sound. He Red Ghost, the super apes, and is are trying to convince threaten cajole. Tony into building the machine that would re-substantiate the ghost into right. something. And he's like, Tony's like, so they take him to this workshop in the sub and Tony's like, this is horseshit. I am never going to be able to build what it is you want me to build with this. And he's like, and the ghost, who has a point, is like, you built the, f- oh wait, he doesn't know that. He's like, you're lying to me. You can do it with this. And he's like, no, What? I'll tell you what. We already have it. It's already built. The thing that we yeah. need to put you back is already at Stark Industries. I just have to tinker with it a little, but we, you know, we can do this in months or we can do this in hours. What do you want? And Ghost is like, hours, even if, it, even if this is a trap, but I will let my apes tear you apart. And Tony's like, fine. Uh, sounds like a deal. So they go break into sounds Stark like a party. Yeah, they go break into Stark Industries. Which the thing that I like about it is that so the strong super ape just tunnels under the under the fence. Which okay, uh, the baboon who is the shapeshifter turns himself into an arrow and passes straight through the fence, and then the orangutan which is the one that can uh control magnet magnetism uh like samus claws upside down his revert or over the fence with the magnetism uh and the thing that i like about this is that while they're going over uh tony takes the time to be like huh well that's that's some holes in the security isn't it hmm Okay. So they go to the thing. Tony works on this Cosmotronic cannon for a little while uh, under the watchful gaze of the ghost until he gets just too impatient and he's like, do it now. And they... He does it and it seemingly works. Um, At that point, Ghost, of course, turns on Tony and is like, too bad I can't let you live. Uh, I'm a villain. And sets the apes to tear him apart. Uh, Tony releases a smoke bomb, goes and gets an extra Iron Man suit that he had laying around uh, in the factory somewhere, and proceeds to fight the apes and the ghost. And none of this is great until finally the ghost is like, Screw you. I'm going to turn myself into a ghost and get out of here. And he's like, no, you can't do that if you do. And he tries to go ghosty and 
he doesn't stop. Um, yeah. Like his he particles. Dissipate, seemingly dissipates. Yeah. Uh, at which point he calls the security to bring cages for the apes. Um, and everything looks fine. He goes and visits uh, Happy and Pepper come to visit him in his office the next day or so. And uh, Happy immediately just passes out. Right. Uh, end of issue. So the cliffhanger is that Happy passes out. Yeah, which that's okay. that's not a great. It's not great. But none of this is moving on. Uh, Iron Man number eighty four is written by Len Wein and Roger Slifer, inked by John Tartaglioni and Marie Severin, and colored by Petra Goldberg. Um, it's the freak. Of course it's the fucking freak. Every time Happy has a fucking sniffle, we get out the innervator ray, and he becomes the freak again. And, uh, so, yeah, it's the freak. Woohoo. What the fuck ever. We Moving two, on. Seriously, we do two issues of the freak, and that's about as well as I'm really, like, I care. Yeah. Do we even um, do two issues? It's two issues, yes. Um, uh, the one, the, like the one caveat here is that he managed to burrow into the cobalt storage vault at the hospital, which, sure, it's a weird hospital. Uh, <laughs> and uh, also, I didn't realize cobalt was this radioactive. I kind of don't think it is. And uh, uh, well, it's. You know, we, I don't think you were uh, with us at the point at which, so Cobalt, there is, there is truth to that to a certain extent. Uh, You could create a Cobalt bomb and blah, blah, blah. Um, But yeah, whatever. It's, it's comic books, whatever. It's the freak. Um, He's now highly irradiated instead of normally irradiated. And just like anybody who's highly irradiated and super strong, the longer that they are that way, the more likely they are to... Splode. Go splody and take most of Manhattan with them. Right. Uh, So that's the ticking clock. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Iron Man 85 is inked by Marie Severin and colored by Marie Severin. And then lettered by Gaspar Saladino and Irving Watanabe, he beats the freak. The only thing I'll say here is that I actually do enjoy the way that he beats the freak. Um, because instead of punching and lasers and any of that stuff, it is uh, magnets and try and a magnets and a device that siphons off the radiation off of Happy. Puts it into the train car that they're fighting next to at the time, and uh, or subway car, and then the subway car is like becomes the new highly irradiated thing that's going to explode, um, and he tosses it into the Central Park pond or something. Um, I I kind of like it. I'm not doing a good job of like explaining it, but I like the way that it plays out. Yeah. The two things, the two things that I, I 
like here are Pepper is angry. Oh yeah. Um, over what's happened with Happy, and my one complaint about that is it gets resolved really fucking quickly. She um, just sort of gives up on it. She's just like, well, it's literally right. like she she's she's unhappy with Tony. She like can't even talk to him in this. She's so up, so upset. Um, and she's just like, you know, I, I get it. I get it. She's totally right to be. Mm-hmm. And then like next story, like the next issue or two, it's literally just like, I haven't been fair. You know, Tony, what we're willing to sacrifice for Tony is no, contest compared to what Tony's willing to sacrifice for us. I haven't been fair to him. And it's just kind of like, why could... This is actually an interesting... Why would you drop that? But then also, like, he remakes his... He remakes his armor. And there are two... Um, there are two results. From oh, this. yeah. First of all, we get rid of the nose. Right. And second of all... It becomes a lot more like if you saw Avengers, the suit that he, after to, after Loki throws him out of the window of Stark Tower and he's got the bracelets on, this is basically like the 70s version of that armor. He has the chest plate and then he has bracelets, which he then moves in a certain way, at which point the... Um, arms and legs and helmet telescope out from the chest plate. Yeah. Other than that, it's the fucking freak. It's... Can we stop doing the freak, please? Seriously. Uh, Iron Man number 86 is written by Bill Mantlo, penciled by George Tusca, inked by Vince Coletta, colored by George Russos, and lettered by John Costanza. Um, so, yeah... Uh, first of all, in this, I guess we find out what the heck the deal is with uh, with those dudes. No, I'm sorry. No, that, that was, was, uh, that, was that was Gray Red Ghost. Ghost. Yeah, bad. Gray Ghost My sent bad. those guys. Yeah. No, Red Ghost. You're you're thinking Batman. Um, you're right. I am. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so. So I. Tony goes and visits Happy in the hospital, and Pepper is unhappy. Uh, Blizzard attacks Stark International looking for the Climatron. Um, And they keep being like, who's Blizzard? We don't know, do you? And all this shit. Uh, It's Jack Frost. It's Jack Frost. Let me just go ahead and spoil that for you now. It's Jack Frost. It's... You can't... If you have a dude who who is a villain for a character that has exactly the same powers as another villain of that same hero, like the whole like, who's it going to be doesn't really work when it turns out to be the same guy, you know, like if you would if you'd been like, oh, the blizzard has previous history with Iron Man. Whoever could it be? And it turns out it's the fucking Mandarin. Sure. All right. Yeah. But the fact that it's Jack Frost is like, yeah, obviously it's Jack Frost. Sure. Um, 
So we get a we get a little bit. So the new armor is easier to put on than the previous armor, but it's also shittier. Um, it does not have it can it can't take the same abuse that the that the previous Iron Man armor could. So he's got to be a little more careful. Right. Um, but Iron Man fights Blizzard. Um, Blizzard gets hold of the Climatron and starts to... Blizzard is just going around freezing fucking everybody. Um, and uh, Pepper goes into the... Uh, to the uh, factory to try and find Tony and warn him that something about all this seems very familiar. Uh, but then she finds Tony having been frozen seemingly to death. Ugh. The, well, like, and fr- at one point, the thing that irritated me about Pepper this issue was that at one point it, it felt like she understood, like, she was ahead of the game. Like, she mm-hmm. was the only one who had figured out that this blizzard guy must be the other guy if he's going after the climatron that the other guy had built and he's got cold powers and blah 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 and she must have been right she felt like she was ahead of the game but then i think it's they at the beginning undo that yeah at the beginning of the next issue she's like but who are you and it's like wait you knew who we... what i recognize your voice yeah you do yeah you were talking about how you recognized his voice earlier all right let's do 87 will, and get I out of here i will say i've really i really like george tusca uh i i really have come to appreciate his art uh especially this week because like champions uh the first couple issues are some fairly dire don heck art yeah and then george tusca takes over for number three and it's just like oh oh hi. wow okay uh yeah <clears throat> Iron Man number 87 is colored by Janice Cohen and lettered by John Costanza and Irving Watanabe. Um, Happy gets there, having checked himself out of the hospital from his near-death state. Uh, Blizzard is just like, yeah, I'm Jack Frost, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Former employee, then, you know, supervillain. Of course he is. He built a new costume. Like, big shock. Uh, but, uh, so he's just like, well, I've got what I want. Bye. And so, uh, she comes over and she's like, oh, Tony, I'm so sorry. I haven't been fair to you. Ed, Ed, what are you looking at? What do what do you, what do you, and sees him looking at the generator. So she takes some cables from it and plugs him in, at which point it warms him up enough that he's then in danger of frying. Uh, (laughs) And yeah, uh, we get some other stuff with O'Brien, uh, faithing and begoring. And, uh, it's real hard to give a shit. Yeah. Um, And like, this is probably going to go somewhere eventually, but you started too early. Right. Yeah. Like four, no, all six issues of this week of this iron man run this week contain him doing this and it's yeah. like but getting no closer like right. he's just more and more we just 
every once, every, at least once an issue, remember to take an entire fucking page to go see him be incredibly passionate about bringing Tony to justice for a crime we as the reader know he didn't commit. And that's it. Yeah. And don't, don't get me wrong. So I... The, the frustrating thing about this is that this could be interesting if done well. It could be interesting to see a police officer pursuing a superhero for a crime we, the reader, know he categorically did not commit. Um, because usually in situations like this, uh, when, the, when the police are after someone for a crime they didn't commit... Uh, it's assumed that they didn't commit it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we only find out later that it's the machinations of whomever. Right. Um, you know, Spider-Man gets this shit a lot. Um, and so I think if they tried to do it with Iron Man, it wouldn't work as well. But done correctly, it could be interesting. But instead... We're just getting fucking nothing. So, uh, so Blizzard escapes out over the water, out of over the ocean, um, because it's easier to freeze water than land. Which, yeah, all right. Um, but <laughs> that then, tracks. Uh, Iron Man catches up, having built a little thing on the fly. Um, and so he blizzard is just like oh well then i present you with a choice and he like freezes this boat with two kids aboard and uh he's like you can stop me uh, stop me from stealing the climatron or you can save those kids and iron man's like or not like or i could just do both you're not cool <laughs> like what's wrong with you <laughs> and so he literally blasts the climatron destroying it goes and saves the kids and then stops blizzard which like i you know i will give him this tony does say oh man you're gonna make me break the real expensive thing aren't you fuck breaks it and then goes like he yeah. doesn't there's no Oh no, like there's no moral quandary here. He just goes, ah, oh, man, breaks it and then leaves um, yeah. to go save the kids because that's what heroes do. Like, right. there wasn't hesitation or any of that. He was just like, it was just a little bit of a resigned motherfucker. And I, like, I don't understand why he still had this thing. Like, why would you keep something like that? Oh, absolutely. There's, like, there's no way that's not going to be used for evil. Oh. I mean, it was built by a man who intended to use it for evil. Just go ahead and disassemble it. Yeah. Don't keep any plans. Shred all of those. Just if, grab if some, a hammer and smash a smash a smash. If somebody wants to recreate this thing, they're going to have to do it from scratch. Like, yeah. let's get rid of all that we can. And yeah. Put him in a deeper hole. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, whatever. Uh, champions number one, 
uh, is written by Tony Isabella, penciled by Don Hack, inked by Mike Esposito, colored by Petra Goldberg, and lettered by Dave Hunt. And you know, I feel really... You need to go back, Max, and read, like, the early... The early tales of suspense with Iron Man. Because... I feel like in the time that you've been reading, Don Heck has been shit. Uh, he hasn't been super great. I'll give you that. Like, but I I know if, I, I I understand that this is mostly like he's on books he doesn't really want to be drawing. Right. I. It's just it's hard for me to it's hard for me to be like yay Don Heck when. He's given me nothing to work with here. Yeah. You really need to go back and read those because he does some amazing fucking art back in the day. Um, But anyway, so this starts. This is one of those like they're really trying to do an Avengers 2.0 here uh, because it's kind of it's kind of one of those we've got mythological shenanigans bringing together a group of superheroes through sheer circumstance. Um, Angel and Iceman are kicking around UCLA, and they're both fairly unhappy. Um, But then suddenly, a hole appears, and uh, these harpies come through. Uh, Bobby quickly saves somebody... um, the the thing that's really interesting most interesting here is that at this point we have Warren Worthington outing himself he has decided his mom's passed away he has no reason to hide who and what he is and that's the one thing I've always kind of liked about Angel is that in spite of everything he's always been the most out in the open of the uh of the x-men he's a you know yeah he's just been like i'm a mutant whatever i'm rich enough that it doesn't matter um (laughs) but like you know he is he's he's unapologetically like this is who i am but he also says it's a character growth moment not just because he's rich and like he can deal with it but more of like my dad his dad's an asshole his mom is dead. His mom died because of his secret identity bullshit. And he's just mm-hmm. like, I'm not doing this anymore. No. And yeah. even Bobby's like, uh, are you sh- are you sure they're Duder? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm good. Okay. Yeah, no, it's 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 great. I like I said, I uh I I appended with the he's rich enough that it doesn't matter. But no, I I really I really like um you know, I like these moments where somebody's willing to just be like, yeah, like people are afraid of me because I was born the way I am. But you know what? Fuck it. But also, um, like, you do look like a fucking angel. It helps. I mean, it helps. you're not but, marrow. Yeah. Or something like that. Like, you can get away with this. Everybody knows you're a mutant, and generally mutants are feared, and blah blah blah. But like, yours is wings. It's not a bad. But by one. the same token, the Sentinels don't discriminate. That's like, true. They're gonna kill Marrow and Angel equally. That's you know, true. like, so 
whatever. It's it's the the Sentinels are incredibly egalitarian in that regard because they're just like we don't care how ugly you are, you're all dying. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so uh, JR argues for nothing. Go on. Do what? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. What? <laughs> what? It's like this has been your JR argues for fascism moment. <laughs> Alright. Um But no, the uh the thing about it is so Iceman and Angel fight the harpies. Black Widow is inexplicably on campus because she's applying to be a Russian professor. But it turns out the person who is administering the interview is Venus. Because why not? Which they they fucking piss around getting us that information. Like, I figured it out because of the cover, but like if you... Or I think it's the cover. But if you're you're just wandering into this... Oh, no, not the cover. The... It's the splash at the beginning. The credits page. Anyway, they piss about, like, all these portals start opening up oh also ghost rider is on his way because of holy because convoluted of, bullshit yeah. that we'll get to later he it's agrees to run an better. errand for someone in his book that winds up with him here um but he so these portals start opening in midair and harpies and amazons and uh just angry mutant dudes mutates kind of uh start pouring out of them and everybody has to fight something uh, yeah. including ghost rider who's fighting cerberus? cerberus yeah but not a dog cerberus it turns well, into a dog he's initially a dude then he turns into a dog but like a One single head. headed dog yeah that's not uh, enough heads yeah. yeah uh they all conjoin not conjoined. That's the wrong. They all eventually arrive at UCLA on the quad, fighting whatever they're fighting, uh, trying to protect Doctor What's Her Face um, and Victoria Star. Yeah. Um, and then, unconnected to all of that, on a different part of the campus is Hercules, who's right. there with this guy Richard Fenster who came to him over in Thor and was just like what if you came and did a lecture about being like a dude from mythology and Hercules is like I could do that yeah god uh, I've loved that conversation <laughs> he's yeah. like hey what if you came and did a did a lecture on mythology and Thor's and Hercules is like ah you've heard of my exploits mortals and Thor's like hey I'm an I'm an immortal too and the Fenster's like yeah but like you're not as famous I'm fucking Thor I love, I love that so. I'm a goddamn Avenger a yeah. founding Avenger yeah um, I want to read that book again so um, all these people find themselves in just a mess. Um, and the they fight and they fight and they fight until eventually Venus is like, you know what, fuck this. And uses her girdle 
um, to uh, to ensorcel all of the yeah. the they who would fight them. Yeah, into like just laying down their arms because right. she's the goddess of love and that's what she does. Um, mm-hmm. And then Hercules gets hit in the back. Uh, another portal. Somebody's monologuing at them. Uh, turn around. New portal opens up, and it's Pluto and Ares and Hippolyta, and he's got a plan to marry. Hippolyta to Hercules and Ares to Venus so that otherwise the universe dies. Right. That's all we get at the end of this issue. And, and <coughs> it, I, the thing that I love here is the way he words this makes it sound like the universe is going to end and the only way to stop it is for this wedding to occur. Yeah, not that in, he's holding... Not that it's a hostage situation <laughs> constructed by Pluto. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Champions number two is inked by John Tartaglioni, colored by Phil Rachelson, and lettered by Irv- Irving Watanabe. Uh, there are... There's just a whole lot of... Yeah. Uh, Pluto... Because of a deal Pluto had made with Hercules... Um, Hercules isn't really able to stand against Pluto effectively. And he winds up being weakened by him and then starts to, uh, starts to take off with Hercules. Um, so Black Widow steps up and she's just basically like, here's what we're going to do. And she has Angel and Ghost Rider distract Pluto and she and Venus deal with Hercules. Um, and then Iceman <clears throat> seals up the portal with a mountain of ice. Um, Pluto is just like, well, this is it. This is clearly far from over. So they go. <laughs> my my favorite part of this is that Pluto, for the benefit of the reader, takes time out from what he's doing. To go back to Zeus and fill us in on everything that's happened up to this point. So he's just like, so I just want to make sure you're still on board with this, right? Because I've formed an alliance with every other, or with a bunch of other underworld lords. uh, And we're going to attack Olympus unless this happens. And you've agreed to it. And uh, so you're still on board, right? And then he turns to uh, Ares and Hippolyta and is just like, but I'm not actually going to follow through on not attacking Olympus. I'm still going to do it. It's just that the two people who could have stopped me, Venus and Hercules, will now be bound by the rules that say that a husband and wife cannot counter counter each other's plans even though mythology proves that to be an absolute lie an absolute lie yeah but but whatever regardless it's just like this should have been three pages of people just going yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
we were all here for that dude <laughs> yeah the, the one like the one like hitch is that the reason the reason he says that he's doing this is because he's like fuck this i'm going to get dad like i'm not putting up with this like fighting bullshit this is not mm. the way this is supposed to go i'm just gonna go tell zeus to make it happen right. and he reminds him of all the other bullshit which again i agree with you yeah in the process and i agree with you that he should that zeus should have just been like "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh yeah Yeah, and been like what do you want from me and he'd be like i want you to make hercules do it and venus too and he'd been like oh okay cool i'll go do that and then he's yeah then he leaves and then he turns and tells the rest of the nefarious plot to uh to Ares and Hippolyta and they just go uh-huh we're we're all well, immortal and unchanging here dude that means our memories don't go with age yeah no we we know also all of this plan you came up with i think 36 hours ago it's real hard for me to forget what i'm doing right now yeah. uh anyway so we cut back to UCLA where They were on the run. So, yeah, they, they, they have made it back to Earth. Iceman has iced up both ends of the portal, basically. Um, and then they are suddenly attacked by the Huntsman, who... I, I'm not familiar with the character, so I don't really know what his deal is. Uh, he has some measure of the powers of Zeus, but also, like weapons given to him by pluto yeah that also whatever at the it depends it depends on what what's going on do we need him to win or do we need him to lose because if we need him to win then he's got powers granted to him by zeus but also weapons given to him by pluto if we need him to lose then the weapons given to him by pluto are the sum total of his powers so yeah um so Ghost Rider's Hellfire has an effect on the dude and he's just like, Ugh! and so he runs off at which point, um, so Venus and Hercules are out because Olympian stuff. Uh, so Black Widow's just like Ghost Rider, you stay, you stay here with them. Um, Angel so and Iceman, you come be- with me. And it's a good plan um, because she's like, since you seem to be the only one that can affect him, right. uh, you stay here and at least then we know we've got our, our rear covered. Right. Uh, we'll go do... I'll take the yep. mutants and go do another thing. Yeah. Black Widow comes off real well in these issues. She really um, does. She's yeah. fantastic. Um, also, the so, voice come out pretty well, too, because normally a woman, especially, especially these two... Meaning Bobby and Warren, these two boys taking orders from a beautiful woman, right, does not usually go well. But they make their joke, and then both of them are like, "Nah, you're in charge. Sorry." Yeah. Uh, um, and also, I you you seem to be better at it than the guy I u- usually take orders from. Yeah. Good, good dig there. I liked it. <laughs> uh, but so the Huntsman sends this Titan. Menacious, uh, but he's like, 
electric and widow's like i've fought electro dude and so she deals with him like quickly right uh and the 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 fact that the titan shorts out also causes feedback on the huntsman so the huntsman teleports uh iceman widow and angel back to ghost rider but makes it appear that they're aries hippolyta and pluto Mm -hmm. so ghost rider's like ah they're here and attacks them which knocks them out uh at which point the huntsman is able to get away with hercules and venus so so he had he had a bad day he had a bad day let's remember that ghost rider had a bad day Yay! Um, so, Ghost Rider number 14 is written by Tony Isabella, penciled by George Tusca, inked by Vince Coletta, colored by Phil Rachelson, and lettered by Joe Rosen. Um, Johnny's doing stuff on the studio lot, uh, but then, like, there is a whole... There's this bullshit about, like, oh, Johnny's not a member of the Stuntsman's Guild, uh, because this... I guess this fucking accountant has it out for him. No, it's um, he's it's just if it weren't an accountant, like it needs to be a like an actual on studio union rep. Like yeah. that if that guy comes up and is like, "What the fuck is going on here?" and no, it can't be him. He can't do this stunt. He's not part of the guild or the union. I'm not I will shut your entire shit down with legal yeah. bullcrap if you do this. And he's mm-hmm. like, if because it's an accountant, it's just dumb. Well, this guy clearly has an axe to grind, as we find out, but Against whatever. the director, I think. Yeah, so a uh, bunch of people start going wonky because the orb, who seemingly died the last time oh spoiler uh the orb apparently died the last time he fought uh ghost rider and spider-man is now dead and like uh controlling people but karen and karen's stunt woman katie are able to well mostly karen because katie can't get her hose to work but Karen uses a fire hose to uh, spray everybody, which snaps them out of it. Um, but then, like, Johnny's just like, hey, thanks for that. Maybe I could throw you a bone as as uh, as a way of saying thank you. And she shuts him the fuck down. Um, yeah. Which, you know, it's it's one of those things, like, she's... She's flirty with him over the course of things, but she shuts him down because of the whole Matt Murdock thing. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Um, but Katie's just like, or uh, Johnny's like, well, I guess I have nowhere to live now because uh, he's been staying with Karen. And Katie's like, oh, that's cool. I know some people who need a roommate. And so he he gives her a ride and they go and visit Richard and Wendy Peeney. Uh, well, Wendy and Richard Peeney. <laughs> Wendy and Richard Peeney are the creators of Elf Quest. Uh, they are real people. 
Uh, they go. They are referred to sometimes as warp for Wendy and Richard Peeney. Oh. Uh, but they are real people, and they make an appearance in all of this. Um, they're on the studio lot. Like, she's a costumer, he's a prop dude, whatever. Uh, they are attacked by somebody else who's controlled by the orb. Uh, Johnny defeats them. Um, Johnny's like, I don't really want to be here right now. So he goes to run an errand for Katie, which is where we get champions number one. At which point Johnny is just like, well, I fucked that up. And he goes to, uh, goes back to the studio. Um, and resumes work. There's a stunt wherein he's supposed to save Katie, uh, or he's supposed to be saving Karen's character, but it's him and Katie doing the stunt. Um, during it, uh, he is, Karen is controlled by the orb and, uh, she's pointing a gun at, uh, Johnny. Woohoo. Whatever. Anything to add? No. Okay. I mean, Go. it's the orb. I'm even more. I'm even less into this than I was. Red Ghost and all that. Yeah. Yeah. No. No, I agree. And that's why I texted you halfway through the. There's like some fun, not this issue, but like I think it's the next one. There's some sort of fun things that are going on with Ghost Rider, but man, it is just shit villains wall to wall this week. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It really is. Anyway, uh, Ghost Rider number 15 is penciled by Brom, Bob Brown. Brom, Brom, Brom. Inked by Don Hack, colored by Michelle Brand, and lettered by Karen Mantlow. So, Karen tries to shoot Ghost Rider, uh, but it wings. It wings Katie. Um, and Ghost Rider, they're in, they're in mid jump when this happens. So, Johnny is able to prevent them from dying, but uh, they, um, shit, I'm trying to, so, let me see here, um, yeah, because there's a whole thing about, like, uh, Coot Collier, the, uh, the director, the director. Uh, is just like ah, I've had it with you. You're bullshit, and you're. That's ah. after, yeah, after he fails to stop the orb from getting away on one of the motorbikes with with Karen, Karen. because you kind of come to find out in that moment that orb is actually here to finish the bounty that somebody put on Karen yeah. a while ago, and. Yeah. Like, killing Ghost Rider was just going to be bonus at that point. And he, you know, was like, oh, okay, cool. Two birds, one stone. But um, after they get away, meaning Karen and Orb on a bike, Collier comes over and is like, you are bullshit. How did you not? What is, this is, I cannot, I am done with you. And uh, Ghost Rider's like, you know what? Fuck you. And And he... Kind just of like cu- knocks him aside. It cuffs him kind of not hard, but yeah, knocks him aside and Collier or and Stuntmaster comes over after or then 
so Ghost Rider takes off after every you know the orb. Yeah. Uh, Stuntmaster comes over to Collier, picks him up off the dirt, and is like, "I'm so you know I'm sorry. Uh, you know he he could have he just kind of snapped. He's had a hard day." And uh, Collier's like, "Shut up. He's right. I was being an ass. Um, yeah. Get the car, and I'm gonna grab my gun." Yep. <laughs> what? Uh, so they go chasing after him. And there's this bit, there's a bit, it's an actual bit, of Orb goes through the, jumps over the gate, the guard gate, uh, Johnny smashes through it, and then Stuntmaster in the car with uh, with Collier just breaks through the entire like guard station. Yeah. Um, and we're on our way, we've got a chase. Uh, meanwhile, the accountant is trying to find some bullshit yeah it's Collier he's decided is hiding something because he finds it too weird that Johnny is there and he's never known about it because who wants to work without getting paid right um yep Collier and Stuntmaster spot the orb and uh, Ghost Rider on the freeway. They go chasing after him. Ghost Rider hits orb with some fire. But now he's got an an asbestos-lined suit because he learned. Uh, Never mind the fact that Karen is literally right behind him. Oh, no, wait, that was part of the plan. Wake Karen up with some extreme heat uh, near her. She comes to, Why not? <laughs> yeah. She comes to, uh, grabs or redirects Orb's fire, or like his gunfire, um, and then so he tosses her off. Johnny catches her, uh, plants her on the shoulder of the road, and then goes after Orb. Look, the point is, after he catches him, he goes. Johnny goes a little rage drunk. And just starts pummeling the fuck out of Orb. Until right. the mask breaks. Um, oh, and while he's beating him up, he transforms from Ghost Rider back into Johnny. And that's supposed to be like a, the danger is over now. But he mm-hmm. still just keeps wailing on him. Um, yeah. Which I actually like that as I I wish it wouldn't be in the goddamn narration but like i liked it as metaphor like he's losing it uh karen comes up and is like can't you see he's had enough and johnny's like yeah i can but i i want i'm pissed and then the mysterious friend walks from behind a fucking boulder or out of the boulder i don't know um he he materializes he's just like johnny man this is not cool, bro. And Johnny's like, who the fuck even are you? Um, no. Uh, yeah, the friend shows up and he's just like, man, it's okay. Everything you're angry about, like, there's a solution, man. There's a solution. And I should know because I'm Jesus. <laughs> and Johnny's like, oh my God, you're right. And he's like, I got to go. And Karen's like, go do what you got to do, I guess. So well, and he's like, 
think about it, man. You're not actually mad at this guy. You're mad at some other thing. And he's like, oh, no, I am. And and I've got an idea. And he just peels out. Yeah. Um, which, that carry, which carries us into Champions number three. Uh, which, but the epilogue to this is Katie's been taken to the hospital after uh, getting winged by a bullet. Uh, Wendy and Richard Peeney are there and they're just like, is she okay? But then it turns out she's possessed by demons. Hooray. Moving on. Uh, Champions number three is written by Tony Isabella and Bill Mantlo, penciled by George Tusca, inked by Vince Coletta, colored by George Russo's and lettered by Karen Mantlo and Gaspar Saladino. Um, Iceman, Angel, and Black Widow are just chilling at a beach house. Uh, when Ghost Rider is, comes up and he's like, I figured it out. And they're like, what are you even talking about? And he's like, we can get, we can get to Olympus. I figured out how to get us to Olympus. And they're like, dude, you, what are you even talking about? Um, they're like, all of the portals closed after, um, Pluto and all took hercules and venus and he's like no one is being held open by a mountain of ice and they're like oh shit you're right and so do what (laughs) i said yep and uh so they go and uh and i think it was huntsman wasn't it was like chilling by the by the mountain of ice when uh, when suddenly it starts to get really warm underneath. Yeah, right before that, though, we get a, a, a lot of, like, Zeus look, navel-gazing about what he has to do and uh, Pluto gloating and the mutates sort of poking and prodding at Hercules. But he's been held back by Zeus's decree. Like, he can't even punch these fools. Yeah. Um, and... Which actually leads to one of the cooler parts of the uh, the, the issue, whole, but the week, and the, yeah. yes, it is Huntsman who's hand, standing next to the mountain of ice on the Olympus side when it starts to melt, and he's just standing there like a absolute buffoon. Yeah, um, when it explodes from the inside because of Ghost Rider's flame, and the four of our heroes come pouring through into Olympus. Uh, Again, Black Widow is the best leader I've ever seen, outside of Cap, maybe. Uh, and she's like, okay, look, Ghost Rider, Angel, go. I need, you're my fast, you're the fastest ones here. Uh, we, need, we need to get the message to Herc and Venus. That's the most important thing. That's the whole reason we're here. Go. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'll stay here with Iceman. And they're just like, okay, gone. Uh, which again, rad. Yeah, uh, I'm staying here with uh, Iceman, and Bobby's like, "So wait, it's just gonna be you and me versus this whole army? You know what? With you at my back, I think we can. I actually like those odds." And they proceed to just fuck shit up. Yeah. Um, this is the best part for me, probably of the week, mm-hmm. uh, or of this at least champions, is because. 
like you said, Black Widow just owns, and uh, everybody like is a cohesive unit. It isn't like any team with Namor on it, Defenders, mm-hmm. where we have to have 45 minutes of, no, I'm the leader. No, I'm the leader. We're not even a group. You shut up. Um, I don't want to, why should I listen to you? I, Namor, am Prince of the Oceans <laughs> and Imperious Rex and shit. No, but we need, we, we need to at least be on the same page, Namor. How dare you? Like, uh, how dare you presume I would be anywhere near your page? Yeah. Um, anyway. Huntsman teleports in. They're having the service for the marriages. Huntsman teleports in out of nowhere and is like, holy shit, they're here. And everyone's like, we're gods. What do you even do? What is the problem? Um, Angel shows up, deals with Huntsman by swinging him around a lot and taking away his fancy stick. Hercules, or, uh, do you want to do this part? Uh, Hercules fighting or Ares. So, yeah, it's... Uh... It's really cool because, yeah, Hercules is constrained by Zeus's decree. He can't, uh, he can't really do anything, but, uh, yeah. So he, Hercules is held back. He's, uh raging at it but he can't do anything until Ares sits there and basically taunts him mm-hmm. until eventually Hercules gets so pissed he literally breaks Zeus's magic <laughs> like he's straight up just like he's got his hand up and he's just like I want to punch you so fucking bad and then he's just like, and I'm doing it. And like, you know, it's really, it's really pretty bitching. It's um, kind of like how Silver Surfer can get through Galactus's barrier, but only if he just slams the ever living fuck out of it. Right. Uh, that kind of thing. Hercule- um, Hercules does basically the same thing, just with pure rage. Right. And uh, so he lays out uh Ares Ghost Rider sort of shoots past everything and goes to deal with Pluto and Pluto's just like what are you even doing dude like this is so one-sided you have no idea and Ghost Rider's like yeah I don't give a shit about you and he goes to Zeus and he's like what the fuck are you doing this is so obviously a setup there is no reason Pluto is going to honor any part of this. All you were doing is setting up your own downfall. And Zeus is like, holy fuck, that motorcycle riding carny is right. <laughs> and uh, and he's just like, Pluto, you piece of shit. shit. And uh, he, he is about to rack shop, right? But Venus steps in. And is just like, look, this, we do not make things better by succumbing to vengeance. We make things better by forgiving our enemies. And, uh, you know, generally speaking, sure. Uh, I think there's a limit to that, but 
whatever. Uh, but so she she basically petitions for no punishment whatsoever because the hell that they've created for themselves is worse than anything they could do to them. Um, and so that's that. Um, let's uh, let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll crank out the last few. Okay. Yep. All right. Back in a moment. But that time I was just like, three, two, one, or three, two, one, click. (laughs) So, yeah, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, All right. All right. We're back and we are doing... What are we doing now? Uh, Marvel, uh, Marvel premiere. Yeah, twenty six. So uh, Marvel premiere number twenty six is written by Bill Mantlo, penciled by George Tuska, inked by Vince Coletta, colored by Irene Vartnoff, and lettered by Annette Kowecki and Karen Mantlo. Um, here's the short version: uh, Richard Fenster and Hercules are driving along the coastal highway. And there is a forest fire. Uh, they pull over. Hercules creates a firewall, uh, which then saves the houses below and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> we then switch to a different perspective and find uh, Typhon and Scylla. Typhon, having been seen the last time, uh, in Avengers, when he snuffed the Promethean flame, which caused the gods of Olympus to fade into the void, and blah blah blah, uh, they were he was defeated by Hercules and the Avengers, and then uh, cast into Tartarus. Um, apparently, while there, he met Scylla. And they started hooking up. And then Scylla, who apparently was uh, super goth, and she didn't die. She she just chose to go to Tartarus. Yeah, she like, just chose to cast herself into the pit, which is the gothest thing I've ever heard of. Yeah, most, most people, when they have a gap year, uh-huh. uh, just like... Go to France or something. Yeah, whatever. Backpack, um, stay in some weird hostels. Right. You know, or, you know, go and build houses somewhere. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, back th- backpack through Asia. You know, something. She's just like, nope, that's, that's too mainstream. I am going to literally cast myself into hell. <laughs> and uh, so... So she tells Typhon, she's like, you know, I, technically speaking, I can leave any time. And since we're fucking, you can come with me. And he's like, uh, all right. So they pop by Olympus um, in order to grab his axe, which after his run-in with Hercules was tossed into the Promethean flame. Uh, when he grabs the uh axe it's so hot that it fuses with his flesh um 
over the course of things, we find out that Scylla was an oracle at Delphi uh, who was rejected by Hercules. And so she has a mad on for him. Uh, and that's why they're so perfect for each other and blah, blah, blah. Um, she prophesies that the only way to get his axe off or be able to let go of his axe is to for it to be bathed in the blood of his worst enemy. So they head to Earth, and it was their arrival that sparked the forest fire that Hercules then fought. So they then attack Hercules, and uh, <laughs> it does some really weird. It does some really weird stuff in that, like midway through the fight, Scylla decides she hates Typhon too. So she's just like, I'm going to kill both y'all. <laughs> and Typhon's like, whatever, I'll deal with him and then we'll have our, our shit out. But. Okay. Um, so in the course of things, like she starts. Uh, she starts. Casting a spell that makes the road turn into quicksand that binds the legs of Hercules. Uh, so Typhon starts to get the upper hand in the battle. Yeah. Meanwhile, Richard Fenster. Sorry. Yeah. Meanwhile, Fenster's climbing up the rock face that their car had gone over earlier and gets to the top of it and is like, Oh man, I'm going to have to hit this lady. Aren't I? I don't really want to. And he picks up a stick and just whacks Scylla in the back of the head. Uh, and this is this is literally the last time we see Scylla in all of this. It's not that big a stick, and he's not that big a dude, so I don't really know uh, how he went about like stoving her head <laughs> in with this thing. Um, but in the end, um, yeah, so. She goes down and then Typhon uh, kind of football tackles uh, Hercules over. Why is that? Random aside, why is that the phrase? Football tackling. Is tackling like, is there a difference? I don't know. Anyway. Um, well, a soccer tackle, which I guess would enough. also okay. be football. Never mind. He. I don't know. Yeah, they could both go over the edge into the water um, and sort of fight each other underwater for a little bit until suddenly Typhon is... Yeah, we're, we're, left, we're left sort of going like, oh my god, are they dead? What happened? And then suddenly Typhon... Typhon yeah, is ejected out of, the, out of the ocean onto the shore and starts saying, I yield mercy, I'm sorry... I get it. I was just driven to madness by this fucking axe being, and he, you know, all of a sudden there's this tiny cut on Typhon's cheek that dribbles down blood onto his hand, and then his axe lets go, or and then his hand is able to let go of the axe, and he's like, "Yeah, but Scylla said it was the oh," uh, and Scylla comes back at this point. And she's like, "I prophesied, yeah. I prophesied rightly, fool. It, thou art thine own worst enemy." and Oh, and then out of nowhere, Zeus, Zeus's giant head appears in the sky and is like, 
enough of this bullshit. You're both banished. Um, and he's like, mm-hmm. look, you cool? And Herc's like, yeah, I'm good. He's like, cool. I'll talk to you later. And he leaves. Meanwhile, the part I love about this, actually two things I love about this this whole exchange on this page is as soon as Zeus's head appears in the sky, Fenster is driven to the ground. Like, yeah. the god of gods has appeared in his field of view and he is just prostrate, or prostrate, 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 prostrate on the ground, like mind reeling. Uh, yeah. The other thing that I love about this is that given how our normal father, son, God's relationship goes with Thor and Odin, it's really like adorable to see a functioning, healthy son, father, son relationship. <laughs> Zeus, yeah. Zeus just shows up and is like, no, okay, I'm going to do my Zeus thing. You cool with that? Herx is like, please. Removes the interlopers. And then he's like, all right, is, uh, is, is, are we good now? He's like, thanks, Dad. He's like, cool. Uh, see you, see you at uh, dinner on Sunday. Bye. <laughs> Love you. Proud of you, son. <laughs> yeah. Bye. <laughs> it's just, it's adorable. It's it is it's a it's a very nice it's a very nice relationship they have, and I'm and it's 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 good to see that yeah it's good to see that it, it's basic um, especially contrast against Thor and Odin no. <laughs> yeah yeah Odin Odin is constantly like gaslighting people and just like no you can't do the thing you want to do ever. And if you try to do it, I will banish you. And then here's Herc and Odin or Herc and Zeus. And it's just like, you good? Yeah. You good? Yeah. Cool. Love you. Bye. (laughs) Zeus being like, or Hercules to Zeus. So like, there's this really cute barista. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking about maybe asking her out. You should totally do that. I know Zeus fucking gets it. Uh, yeah, but like, like Zeus, Zeus is just is like also the dude who was a swan once to have sex with a, a hot lady. He's a- Zeus is a, Zeus is just like dude. What you should do, you should take her to dinner and then give her a golden shower. And <laughs> no, Hercules is just like what? And he's like, no, not not that. I don't mean uh, pee on I her. Mean, like a I shower. mean like turn into a golden rain, <laughs> dude. What the. F- People do that? And Hercules is just like, dude, we're Greek. We know people do to that. Um, to any of our Greek listeners, I'm very sorry. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, Marvel premiere number 27 is uh, written by Cla- Chris Claremont. And it's penciled and inked by the incredibly specific the tribe and uh i have no idea who the fuck that is but whatever uh it's colored by janice cohen and inked by marco marcos paleo um we we start sort of at the end with a burning body and then we we tarantino it and uh we find that the Satana is drawn to, uh, to this town of Chandler, California, where she then is nearly bowled over by this woman, Deborah Hirsch, who's running away from a mob, uh, 
that is trying to burn her at the stake in 1970s California. So, yeah. But uh, they grab her and they take her back to the stake and they're just like, let's burn the witch. And Satan is like, no. Uh, but then it turns out that Hirsch is possessed by this being Dansker. Um, I, I was trying to find out like where if Dansker was based on anything. And apparently Dansker is a word that can refer to a Dane. Uh, but then also I found reference to it being the the room the room in a castle you shit in. Oh. Like it would be the room that's like positioned positioned in such a way that you take a dump and it just kind of falls out into a river or something. <laughs> like and it's just like, wow, okay. So So not a whole lot of helpful Googling there. Yeah, not really. Uh but it turns out that the Dansker was <clears throat> once a lord of Ahel, uh, who was then supplanted by Lucifer. And now Lucifer has him training Satana in this flashback. Uh, but he's like, you know, whatever. I'm going to find my way out at some point. It doesn't really hurt my plans for you to know that. Just know that at some point I'm going to get the fuck out of here and uh, I'm going to take it all back. And so, yeah. So then we resume. Uh, we resume things in the present. Um, the Dansker basically kills everyone in the town except this one dude who's just like, fuck you, Satana. And so Satana's like, all right, and absorbs his soul um yeah because she's i mean the thing with satana she's succubus as well as yeah got like a lot of son of satan's kind of powers as well everything but the fire um we this is only the second or third story we've read with satana in it right yeah because she appeared she appeared randomly in a couple things with like in a flashback with hellstrom and then like a flashback with hellstrom uh, a couple of son of satans yeah um and stuff like that wasn't but, she in a ghostwriter too yeah 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 so, okay anyway. so the reason why i kind of like this story is that it's pretty good anti-hero stuff and like mm-hmm. this is kind of the we don't get a lot of this in this area of time um the mm-hmm. 70s or well we're now mid 70s almost late and we're going to get a lot more and it's sort of neat to see where this uh where that incubate where that was incubating um right. and this is not the worst sort of anti-hero thing like she shows up runs into deborah is like hey you all right and she's like get the deborah's like get the fuck away from me and kicks her down then the people take her and she's like getting thanked by the townsfolk like for stopping deborah and deborah Mm -hmm. she's like i don't care uh but if you're gonna burn a witch that i'm interested in 
mm-hmm. shows up. Dansker emerges and she's like, ah, oh, fuck, now it's my shit. Uh, and then I just, I don't know. I like how she's like not, this isn't a hero thing, but it also isn't like happening to her. There's just, there's. She has, she has agency. Right. But she's not, she's not, she's traveling not to go around the country doing good. Yeah. But she just kind of like goes where she wants to go. And then she happens across this situation that initially does not concern her. And then she's like, uh, I guess I should do something. And then it's like, oh, wait, it actually, it actually completely concerns me and I've got to deal with it. Uh-huh. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, she's, she's not actively seeking out, uh, heroic situations, but she's not, uh, tossed on the sea of circumstance either no she's the one it's she, it's kind of like the only circumstantial kind of thing is the uh the that it's the dancer at all right um but right. once it is she's like oh god damn it he figured a way out and as much as i kind of hate dad i don't want this asshole roaming around everywhere all right and yeah. she goes to beat him up, saves mm-hmm. the kid in the process, saves a kid in the process, which. Yeah, there's a there's a weird altercation in uh, the. Um, it's like these in this the ca- cave. Yeah, that she has this kid and. Or Dansker has this kid. And there's a weird thing where it's like Hirsch's body, but Dansker's head. Yeah. And so there's some confused boners. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they have a they have it out and Satana's just like, whatever, and takes the kid. At which point Dansker jumps in a car and like tries to run them down. Satana lets out the basilisk, which... We haven't read enough with her that I know what the fuck this is all about, but there's a thing in her that is her, that whatever. She lets it out and it destroys the car, killing Hirsch in the process. So Dansker is defeated. destroying the Dansker at the same time. But, like, that's left... It appears... It's left somewhat open-ended, but Dansker has never shown up again. Yeah. So we can effectively call him dead... And we can call him as dead as anyone in comics ever is. Right. So, yeah. Uh, Marvel premiere number 28. This is a weird one. Uh, written by Bill Mantlo, penciled by Frank Robbins, inked by Steve Gann, colored by Jan- Janice Cohen, and lettered by Karen Mantlo. The, the short version is a mountain appears... On Sunset Boulevard. Like, yeah, mountain. Uh, And four entities are drawn toward it. Ghost Rider, Morbius, uh, Jack Russell, the werewolf by night, and Man-Thing, who is in his swamp, but then suddenly is in L.A. Because, hey, why not? Uh, And as we are introduced to this 
being called the star seed. Um, there's some stuff like Morbius is flying around looking for blood and happens across Jack Russell and attacks him realize it before realizing that it is Jack Russell as the werewolf and they have a little thing, but then the mountain and blah. Uh, but this thing, the star seed shows up, who's a golden dude on a golden horse. And he's like, Hey, uh, my people, uh, were here millions of years ago. Uh, and or we, however long. we did I mean, the, thi- the one thing that humanity has never been able to do, which is turn our backs totally on violence, uh, mm-hmm. completely. We, mm-hmm. we split off from early humanity, went up into a mountain and were able to be alone, uh, from, mm-hmm. uh, sequestered from our violent cousins. Cause that, that, mm-hmm. that would happen. Um, and then, you know, at some point, aliens showed up and were like hey you guys seem cool let's lift you up and then take you into space uh well yeah the the aliens show up and they're just like hey man it's groovy like we can just live in cosmic harmony and the aliens are like no and killed all the leaders (laughs) and then stole the mountain with all the people Uh, right um eventually the the folks that were still on the mountain uh, the remember nonviolent folks that are still on the mountain used the technology of their alien captors against the aliens and uh, secured their freedom nonviolently. And then went flew away. This is one of those secret wars kind of thing where where it's like you know the winners fly back on on a chunk of the city of Denver like. It's they start flying around the universe on their mountain and uh, progressively evolving both physically and mentally and emotionally. And he's plopped the mountain back where it was like that was Mm -hmm. the whole plan. And he's still kind of like explaining all this. And he's like, I put it back where it goes. And Ghost Rider's like, there were a shitload of people in that valley. And you kind of I mean it's you kind of murder. I, I like I like that Ghost Rider is like I mean it's L.A. but there's still like people. It's the it's it's civilization in the loosest sense of the word, but it's still like people. It's still and, like people, uh, I assume. Um. And uh, so Morbius at this point is just like. I wonder what a golden person tastes like yeah. and attacks. <laughs> and so it becomes this whole thing wherein Ghost Rider is trying to fend off Morbius and werewolf and the werewolf. And uh, uh, Man Thing is shambling around just like, but also I he, don't know what's going on. So I don't like the way that Man Thing is written here because I've become accustomed and I... But also, this consider this book, and like I realized I wasn't going to get a great man thing depiction. But he, so go after Morbius and werewolf attack Starseed. Oh, that's a mouthful. Uh, Ghost Rider kind of changes his mind. Is like we shouldn't just start indiscriminate killing each other. That's the thing I was trying to say before. Let's everybody chill. And uh, man thing empathizes with 
ghostwriter and decides he's right that's a problem because uh, he shouldn't decide and man thing should not decide anything um right and he so he goes to back ghostwriter's play and was gonna put his arm on him but then ghostwriter turns around sees man thing is like holy shit like blasted with fire and runs away and man thing's like oh which again man thing should not be like anything uh right but he <laughs> but I, my favorite part of this though is like man thing shuffles over to starseed and star and goes to reach for him like in a in an empathetic sort of way right at the exact moment that starseed is just like is this pain I don't like it. I really don't like this pain. And he feels fear for the first time, right as Man Thing is reaching for him. So Man Thing burns him. <laughs> and so Man Thing burns like, him. Ghost Rider goes nuts and is like, "Why the fuck are we doing this?" Uh, runs in, runs Man Thing over with his motorcycle. At which point, Man Thing's like, "You know what?" been a hard day i'm gonna go i'm gonna go and uh i just want to eat grubs yeah Uh werewolf tries to attack starseed again ghostwriter flames him off uh eventually starseed's like okay cool i'm dying this sucks and he shows each one of them their humanity and, and what he could have given them right. if they hadn't, like, murdered him. <laughs> I really, really, really wish. So the first one that he, like, does, that he shows us to is uh, is Man-Thing and Dead Salus goes, I'm Dead Salus again. And what he should have been is like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Uh, Where am I now? <laughs> oh, my God. Every time this happens, I have no idea. Uh, what yeah. year is it? Uh, and but then and Jack Russell and Morbius and Johnny and all of them they each get a turn but then it passes as Starseed dies and everybody just leaves and well yeah and Mor- Morbius is Morbius is most hit by it because he's literally like I could have been human again and I allowed my hunger to ruin uh, to destroy the thing i wanted most uh, and i, think, I also I like think... the at the very end oh, go ahead i'm sorry sorry go ahead uh, i would think the 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 nice bit of self-reflection on ghost Rider's part right here at the end after everybody else trudges off is like he can still pass as long as yeah. there's no danger around or he isn't in peril he can still pass and he's like oh that sucks and that's about as far as he gets but um yeah but i do like that yeah i uh my i think morbius's reaction is the thing that works most for me Mm -hmm. um it's one of the few times that i've just been like yeah all right i'm i'm actually kind of happy morbius is here um the rest of the time, whatever. But this this one time, I'm willing to say, 
I quite liked Morbius in this story. So, yeah. All right. Moving on. Ghost Rider 16. Let's round this out. I will say this is this is one of my favorite comics of the week and not because of in it. It's not because the people who made it were trying <laughs> to like it's not because of anything the people who made it were trying to do. It's because it's so fucking weird. You're talking about the monsters. Um, do what? You're talking about this issue of Ghost Rider or the monsters? Ghost Rider. Okay, let's do this. Uh, so Ghost Rider number 16 is written by Bill Mantlo, penciled by George Tuska, inked by Vince Coletta, colored by Janice Cohen, and lettered by Karen Mantlo. Uh, Johnny decides to go to Mexico. You know, he's got so, he's got a day off. He's just like, fuck it. So he goes, he goes to Mexico and he's riding along the beach on his motorcycle like you do. And, uh, there's, there's the sound of a shot. Well, no, he gets, and, I, I don't want to skip past this. He gets to the border and is like, oh no, border police. Like you dummy. You knew this was going <laughs> to happen. And then he shows him the American passport and the Mexican border police is like, yeah, but you know, you know what helps grease the wheels here? And he's like, Ugh. so he bribes the border dude. Um, which is said to be yeah. like a bond that he could pick up on his way out. Um, but let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, he hears the shot. He hears the shot as he's riding down the beach. And uh, <clears throat> the uh, he goes to investigate. There is a man firing at the water and his daughter who is trying to stop him. And he, he like smacks her off and she's like, dad, no. And Johnny's like, Hey, and the guy like fires and he wings Johnny's motorcycle, which gives him a flat tire. Um, so Johnny intervenes in all of this and they're just like, fuck you. This is none of your business. And, she, uh, he's like, fine, whatever, but I got to fix my bike. And the father whose name is Frank. Uh, it's Frank and his daughter, Nancy. Uh, Frank is like, whatever, you can use the tools in the shed, but then get the fuck out of here. Um, so, the... Uh, <laughs> he goes and he talks to Nancy. And in the course of things, we find out that uh frank is a former cia agent who his job back when nancy was small was to fix set up dolphins with uh explosives which they would then swim under targets and blow them up but he was also in the course using, of this he was using some sort of radar or sonar music in the water to direct the dolphins right uh in the course of things he fucked up and the a dolphin swam into their boat (laughs) a dolphin affixed with plastic or whatever right 
presumably killed his wife because they they're like yeah we never saw her again so we think she's dead um she's just a really strong swimmer uh so the dolphin's like headed toward the boat frank is like shooting at it uh but winds up setting off the charge it causes an explosion the mother is lost at sea the father now hates dolphins and so he sits on his porch on the beach and shoots at them <laughs> and that's that's why i love uh that's why i love this issue is because it's all about dolphin vengeance <laughs> uh or as i like to call it a cetacean sortie ah. and uh so <laughs> but in the course of things like as he's talking to nancy frank is just like fuck this and he like goes out to his boat and Johnny is like, oh, I've got to stop him. So he jumps on his motorcycle with the flat tire. But it's okay, because sand. Um, and goes after him. The boat winds up coming loose from its moorings and drifting out to sea. But it's okay, because it's right in the path, of, or right in the middle of the dolphin spawning grounds. So he's just like, hell yeah, more dolphins to shoot. And so he sets to uh, shooting them. But, uh, they, uh, they wind up in the water and being attacked by a shark and Johnny and the dolphins fight the shark off. And then Johnny saves Frank from drowning. And then a dolphin gives them a ride back to shore. And Frank is just like, I was out for all of that, but. Apparently, I owe you dolphins. I'm sorry, dolphins. And Johnny's just like, you know, I... Uh, I think we all learned a lesson. I don't know. I don't know why, but I think they understood. And it's just... It's such a dumb fucking issue. And it's so weird, because usually, like... <laughs> it's It's one of those things that, like, the orb... Showing up again is one thing because ostensibly, A, he was supposed to have been dead. And so it was at least the illusion of mystical stuff going on. Right. But generally speaking, like, uh, Johnny is dealing with, like, satanic shit. And yet this month we've taken a break from that in order to deal with in order to deal with frank phillips dolphin rage (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like all right guys fuck it why not it's the 70s there's a lot of drugs floating around so why not bring me more drugs i've got a dolphin story to write and and i and i yeah this is uh this is one of the this is one of those things that I feel like if you were to describe it it's like you know the movie Tiptoes? Yes, you've definitely done the Tiptoes rant at least 3 times on this podcast alone. This is that sort of thing where if you're trying to explain it to somebody it literally sounds like something you're making up. That <laughs> that somebody was just like possibly be a real thing. That right. Multiple people were involved with, and no one ever said, hey, 
no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this sound crazy to anybody else? Yeah. Yeah. 1975. Yeah. Oh, man, Mantlo. Maybe just Mantlo... Maybe he had a run-in with a dolphin murderer. I don't know. He had a he had a bad exam. He had a bad he had a bad experience at SeaWorld as a kid, and uh, he took that hate and internalized it for a really long time. Or he, but then he got he got over it. He got over it, right? Okay. Like he he had his coming to Jesus moment, right? And then he's like, there may be someone else out there <laughs> who needs who needs to hear this. There may be somebody else who is allowing their hatred of dolphins to destroy to them. To consume them. And, <laughs> and I have I the need... responsibility to stop them. Uh, or and to show them the light. And also <laughs> hand me more mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. That is the only... Im- that is the... I kind of want to... Is Bill Mantlo still alive? I, hope I don't so. know. Let's email him. I really kind of want to. Uh, yeah, apparently he's still alive. Okay. Um, yeah, I. Oh man, I he's really only sixty-seven. Wa- yeah, that's pretty good. And he created Rocket. And Cloak and Dagger. Cool. Uh but yeah, I kind of, admittedly, the fact that he he created Rocket Raccoon is also kind of like, yeah, okay, so maybe the dolphin thing isn't that weird. <laughs> the weirdest thing you've ever done is de- is not the dolphin thing. Yeah. Oh, God, Rocket's backstory is so fucking Yeah, crazy. it's so fucking convoluted, isn't it? Yeah, it's so, I've had it explained to me once and then, but it's also great because Rocket's backstory includes the phrase, now forget everything I just told you because we're going to do something else. <laughs> but well, you've no, been you talking should... to me for 20 minutes. I know. <laughs> you should go. Uh, one, of, one of Mike McNola's earliest works for Marvel was doing a, was doing a Rocket Raccoon miniseries. That's fantastic. And uh, you should read it. It's it's interesting because it is it's the half world stuff, and uh, it's insane. But yeah, it's it's early it's early Magnola. So yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, top five. Top five. The Watcher's Guide's top five. Top five. All right, so number five from me. Uh, Herc and Zeus's relationship versus Odin and Thor. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just nice to see a happy, non-toxic relationship between a father and a son for once. Uh, especially in a royal god to- context. Uh, number three, or number four, is uh, Johnny's flame dying as he beats up the orb. Uh, kind of proving textually or contextually that he is sort of losing it. Like he's lost it. He's way too pissed off to just Mm -hmm. stop. I like that a lot. Uh, Number three, Angel giving up his secret identity right before he starts. That's just a 
good character beat for Angel to just be like, I don't, I don't need to do this. And yeah, not I only was, did... I was trying to think of a of a mutant version of we're here, we're queer. Yeah, and I was I was like, we're extant, we're variant. You need to be more tolerant, but yeah, it doesn't really work. Yeah. That's all. That's a long walk. Um, I'm I'm trying. Okay, you keep because working technically, on it. I believe in you. Do what? I believe in you. I, <laughs> I could do this anyway. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, number two is Ghost Rider brushing past brushing past Pluto is. Possibly the most badass thing he does this week. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's some big dick energy. Yeah, especially because, like, Black Widow's saying something to him that sets him off. And mm-hmm. he just starts marching right toward Pluto. And as he gets up there, he's like, yeah, I'm not even here for you. And just keeps moving and goes straight to Zeus, who he proceeds to chastise as though he were a naive child. And uh, that's that whole sequence is pretty rad. Um, and then uh, number one, Black Widow is a great leader. Uh, yeah. She was awesome as a leader. I really didn't. And I really liked how none of the dudes she was leading needed to have that bullshit testosterone moment. Especially mm-hmm. considering we're talking about Warren and Bobby. Who were just who are the most immature of well, Bobby. Warren sometimes has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. And both of them were just I'm like kinda I'm kinda curious to see like once we actually have the full team dynamic, mm-hmm. how Hercules sl- slots into that. Like Yeah because Herc Herc is a very the oldest of old school type of dude. And so I'm curious to see if he chafes under it at all. So, yeah. Anyway, I hope sorry, not. Go ahead. It would be, I hope not because it would be pretty cool. Also, he's, he is the oldest of the old school. Sure. Especially in that group. But he's always the one who's trying to get Thor to like chill out. Yeah. So there's that. I mean, it could be okay. Um, well, but for get, a, throw a little wrong. bit of conflict at it, I, I wouldn't mind that. As I just liked that we didn't have to do that in our introduction story. Right? Yeah. That's cool. Um, I Don't get me wrong. Hercules is a very laid back dude. Mm-hmm. So I don't, think, I don't think he's going to be jockeying for leadership himself. Uh, it's just... Because because he's from antiquity, I I'm curious to see whether he's going to be like okay, a woman's leading. All right, all right, all right. Like you yeah. know, uh, um, and yeah, that was my number one. Cool. So uh, yeah, my number five is uh, George Tuska's art because he really like he really knocked it out of the park this week, and part of that part of that may be. Uh, the fact that in a couple of these, he was following people that I wasn't really super into. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've I've also tried to go back and look at them just on their own, and the art's still just really good. 
Um, that's not to say, like on Iron Man, uh, Herb Trimpey mm-hmm. is good. Right. Like he's not, he's not bad. It's just, yeah, George Tuska is really good this week. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, number four is uh, is uh, Black Widow because she is she is fucking great uh, in terms of leadership of the champions and i'm actually kind of sad that the champion champions doesn't last longer for that reason alone right um you know i know <clears throat> i know black widow will be uh in a position of leadership many times to come right but the champions is the most certain she's been of herself for quite a while and i really like it and i really wish it would just keep going for a little bit for that reason alone right um number three is warren being out and proud um yeah that was just uh yeah Uh, number two is Hercules getting so angry he punches his way through god magic. <laughs> and uh, number one is Dolphin Rage. Because I genuinely think if, uh, if Frank could have been out there putting a 20-hit combo on dolphins himself, like... <laughs> Just out there punching them to death, he probably would have. If he didn't and I have am to here rely, for that. If he didn't have to rely on ranged weaponry, he would have been happier. Yeah, like if he if he could have been in in the mix, just beaten beaten dolphins to death with his bare hands, he totally would have. And I think that's fucking hilarious. Yes. So yeah. Uh, so uh, next week. Next week is looking to be a bit rough uh, because we have some champions, we have some Iron Man, we have some Daredevil, we have some Ghost Rider, Oof. and we've got some Son of Satan. Oof. Yeah, it's uh, oh. well, maybe Ghost Rider's been just such a mixed bag, like just all over the place. Yeah. His depowered thing that he's doing right now, and the the I only turn to Ghost Rider when there's trouble around is just kind of it's kind of like yeah, but then what's the point? Like it's not really a curse anymore. Yeah. So it's whatever. just you and Satan have an agreement. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, like us on Facebook, follow us both individually and at Watcher's Guide MU. Uh, also like and follow our new forthcoming show, uh, How Marvelous, on both of those platforms. Uh, email us at watchersguide.gmail.com or visit our website at watchersguide.com. Have a marvelous week. Bye.
Yeah.